This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 15th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Brady Singer, 7.1 innings, 200 runs, 2 hits, 1 walk, 8 Ks, and here's the thing. You know this already. His slider is just so dang good, and you just keep rolling with him. That's it. That's all I wanted to do for the, the headline of the roundup. It's like, you don't need me. Just understand that Singer is legit right now. Until that slider is not being so precisely spotted down uh, and glove side. Max Scherzer ace is going to ace against the Angels. Braxton Garrett did amazingly well against the Houston Astros. We had a long debate um, during the list about should Braxton Garrett be on the list? Should Johnny Cueto be there? I wasn't really a believer in Garrett. It's a tough schedule for him with the Astros here. And now he gets the Dodgers. And I just don't want anything to do with that. He was off it. And while I understand that Cueto has these magic moments. And then all of a sudden he does this. And... You would think, okay, probably Braxton Garrett had a really good sinker cutter command. Not really. Um, they were just kind of there, and it didn't work. Okay, fine. Then the slider was amazing, because that's been the thing for Garrett. Nope, 44% strike rate. You know, this was not a good start um, watching this one for Braxton Garrett. It just wasn't. And I'm really happy it worked out for him. Five innings of zero runs and six base runners and one strike. And how am I going to better my bread with this? Yeah, how am I supposed to? I should say, not going to. Yeah, Braxton Garrett, to me, you're not back yet. Sorry. You got to win, though. It's it's shocking. And I can't I honestly can't believe it, but yeah, that happened. Uh, Tristan Beck came in after Ryan Walker for five and runs across three frames and tenets, and we don't want to do that. Grayson Rodriguez had the best start I've seen from him all year. It was insanely good. Um, I watched this. It was so much fun. Uh, seven innings, one run, three hits, one walk, six Ks against the Padres. Obviously got that win. Uh, 99 miles per hour sitting uh, with his fastball. It was 98.9. 101, he hit on the gun. He had this amazing strikeout with uh, change-ups for a strike. That was at 0-1 through a really nice change-up to Soto. 0-2 through the change-up away, understandably so. And then he threw a fastball 100 above the zone that Soto just completely whipped on. It was wonderful. The slider and change were both down. Four-seamer was so well-spotted upstairs, too. And there's even like another level where those changeups and sliders are actually under the zone as opposed to just down in, in the zone. But I'd much rather see this than those pitches just not just being upstairs or no pitch separation, that kind of thing. Way, way better with Grayson Rodriguez. I feel so encouraged about what we see moving forward. Uh, it's so cool. He just keeps pushing the velocity. Like we saw originally like 96, 97, and then he came back in 98, and now he's at 99. Oh, boy, he's feeling it. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, Ace is going to ace here with a 38% CSW in six innings with the King Cole. I thought they would limit him more. 87 pitches, seven strikeouts. I mean, you love to see it 
with Tyler Glasnow. Uh, just please, just keep pitching. Max Fried against the Yankees. Two hundred runs in six innings is fine, but nine nine base runners and two Ks, four whiffs, twenty seven percent CSW. This is not the great Max Fried. We didn't really see a good version of him last time. I mean, we just keep going. He's better than this. His his command was really bad as he threw so many pitches, kind of just like over the zone easily. Um, sure, it was the Yankees, so he got a win, two runs in six innings. You're not really upset. It's just, hey, uh, Max Reed, you're supposed to be a little bit better than this. Speaking of doing great things, though, Merrill Kelly in Coors. I am as a questionable, even though it was Coors. And actually, Phil Dussault had a really interesting um, a tweet today about, hey, guys, Coors is 12th in Woba this year, right? Um, that's kind of wild. Now, I will mention that it's not just the WOBA, but it's also uh, the pitch movement that is interesting. I mean, sure, you say it doesn't matter, Nick. It's still not like a top five offense that they're facing in cores. So I am going to keep that in mind here. I mean, Kelly made a very big show of it. 21 whiffs here. 11 strikeouts here in the Gallows poll. I mean, he had everything working. Uh, I think at least four whiffs on like five different pitches. Uh, It was really, really insane. And unfortunately, he didn't get a win because the bullpen just got destroyed um, in the eighth inning for four runs, which is so brutal. But yeah, you keep going with Merrill Kelly. And maybe I will consider Coors as more of an above average offense as opposed to one of the elites of the Astros and Dodgers and Rangers and so on. And of course, Atlanta. Um, Carlos Carrasco against Pittsburgh, we didn't expect anything. 88 pitches in just three innings. Man, do not... Do not start Carlos Carrasco. Framber Valdez had a bit of a careful Icarus. So 7.2 innings. It was one to run for a while. Then he allowed two solo shots in the eighth inning with two outs. So 7.2 innings. He had one out to go to go eight innings. And was even suggesting maybe that he was going to show up for the ninth. And they allowed back-to-back solo shots and got pulled. And then the next reliever came in and allowed another solo shot. That's just how the world works. Uh, kind of strange to see Valdez go away from that cutter. And it's the only two out of 19 whiffs in the curve where pretty much this was a game against the Marlins where he had 15 balls in play on his sinker. And you think, Nick, oh, is that not, that's pretty good. That's fine. Well, it's a 3-5-4 Expo Bacon. And the way I see it is you really don't want so many balls in play for Valdez with a sinker. Yes, he's a ground ball guy, so generally he removes home runs, but there's the two solo shots. But my point is, I don't want Valdez to go through starts relying on those balls in play on sinkers. I want starts where the curveball is dominating, the cutter is dominating, and hopefully he's sneaking in the sneak sinkers to be called strikes. 15 balls in play on it are not, it's not really the ticket for me with Valdez. I'm happy it worked here against the Marlins for the most part for 7.2 innings and then two solo shots, but it's just not really the ace that we saw before. Uh, JP Sears against the Cardinals was my streaming play of the day. Unfortunately, this one didn't work. Five innings, 300 runs, six hits, four walks, six Ks. He did get some strikeouts. He got 31% CSW and 12 whiffs for Sears. And I still have a soft spot for him as I feel like his ceiling is Justin Steele, but slightly better. And he's just not doing it. He's not really commanding as we want him to, um, as we've really seen him progress through the year. It really is Eric Lauer 2022. It does feel like that in so many ways. I thought that he was um, removing himself from it. The PLV on both the slider and the fastball, they'll still love it. So I feel like, I don't know, over time, this might just work out for JP Sears. But right now, yeah, we kind of avoid it. Also, given the win chance, of course, of the athletics, I've been pulling JP Sears down, and I'm probably going to remove him from uh, the possibility of probable start uh, moving forward for the past seven weeks of the year. Excuse me. Drew uh, Darvish was opposite Grayson Rodriguez against Baltimore. He really had just one bad inning. Sure, there was a Ryan Hearn home run, yeah, but there was there was three runs that he allowed in the fifth frame, and otherwise was pretty dang good. 
I'm a little weirded out by its by his approach of just sinkers and four seamers combined with those sliders and sweepers. I just don't think that he's doing it quite right. I don't know. I think it's too reliant on those four seamers and sinkers coming over like front hip against lefties and whatnot. And I just feel I just missed that approach he had against the Jays. It was so good. It was so good, but it's the chaos of Darvish, and we're just going to keep doing it. Miles Michaelis against Oakland. It was against Oakland, but it was still Michaelis. Now, I should say the final runs um, uh, came in the seventh. I think it was about two runs before then. So, fair enough. Like, this actually was working until that seventh inning, but still, it's five hits and three walks and four Ks, and just, ah, I don't want to chase it with Miles Michaelis. Uh, Chris Flexen. Against the Arizona Diamondbacks, six innings of four and runs, five hits, one walk, six Ks. Honestly, kind of close to being good inside of cores against the Diamondbacks. Maybe there's something there from flexing moving forward. He had a 44% CSW on the cutter. He just needs the perfect uh, scenario, and it's he's hosting the White Sox next. I don't think that's perfect, so we're going to move on. We have other guys to talk about, including Logan Gilbert from yesterday, Clark Schmidt, Patrick Sandoval, Quinn Priest, or whatever. And of course, today and tomorrow's starters. After we talk about underdog fantasy for a moment, you can join today with promo code PitcherList and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. And I'm going to talk about my four picks for today for their pick'em. Uh, my four favorite ones are Luis Severino for higher than 3.5 earned runs allowed against Atlanta. And on the other side of it, I think that Bryce Elder is going to actually have a solid game here against the Yankees. With more than 23.5 fantasy points, I think that Lucas Giolito is going to go higher than three earned runs allowed against a powerful Rangers offense. And I'm going to go lower than 2.5 earned runs allowed for Emerson Hancock. You can join Underdog Fantasy today with promo code PitcherList and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. You must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and, and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, 1-800-639-8783, or text Next Step to 53342. In New York, call the 24-7 HOPE line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369. And in Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Patrick Sandoval against the Rangers. We knew that wasn't going to go well. 2.2 innings of four and runs, four hits, six walks, and six Ks. Yeah, do not start uh, Patrick Sandoval. Moving forward, he has not had his slider and changeup working in the same start. I will mention, though, that Griffin Canning tossed 70 pitches in relief. I did not see that coming because I thought he was going to start today. So that's different, uh, or actually maybe tomorrow, rather. So that puts a wrinkle in everything, and you might see Reed Detmers uh, earlier than usual. So I'm going to talk about that later, um, but just keep that in mind. Clark Schmidt against Atlanta. I mean, yeah, don't start Clark Schmidt against Atlanta. He's not the kind of guy you do that uh, for. And just, no, eight earned runs in 2.1 innings, whatever. We just kind of move on. He gets the Red Sox next. That's going to be a questionable one. I just don't, yeah, whatever. Uh, Quinn Priester against the Mets. I feel so bad for Quinn. It's just not that kind of year for this rookie, and he had uh, some good pedigree. It's just not panning out at all. Uh, hopefully he can figure some things out and uh, be better for 2024. Show us something new there. And then there's Logan Gilbert against the Royals. And this was so frustrating because it was 4.1 innings of forward runs, seven hits, two walks, five Ks. We have seen Logan Gilbert take strides with his slider and really rely on it more, which is a good thing. And 27 are nice, but just four whiffs on a 26% CSW here. And that was this is after two starts of his slider domination. So what I've been waiting for is the four-seamer to step up with that new skill of the slider. And fortunately, we did see seven whiffs of the four-seamer, but it was not upstairs. It was just all around 
and it, it's it's right there for Gilbert. You know, we've seen both of it. I remember actually talking about this with Quintana. I remember seeing one night where he had amazing curveballs down. I think it was 2021 when he was with the Angels. And then another start where he had amazing four-seamers up. And I just wanted to take him and be like, look at these two things. Please just do them combined. And then he did that in 2022, right? And now he's been doing that in 2023. And Logan Gilbert, please just have both of those things working. Better also forcing. We really haven't seen that forcing dominate in a start for a bit. So it's very frustrating to Gilbert. I think over time it's going to be there. It might just be next start and you just got to keep starting him. And that's just how life is. Looking forward to today's games. We really have just one ace and that's Zach Wheeler against the Jays. And I know it's the Jays, but Zach Wheeler, you do it. Bailey Ober as well against the Tigers. I know it's been very strange with him lately. He got over 20 whiffs last time against the Tigers. And it just didn't go his way. He got singled out. I mean, really, the changeup and slider were not good over the zone, but he got 16 whiffs in the four-seamer. Like, okay. It's going to be a better start for Ober. Probable start tier, you have Bobby Miller, Yusei Kikuchi, Jordan Montgomery, Nick Pavetta. Emerson Hancock's going today. He's the stream pick of the day against the Royals. I think what he does with his singer is great. Good cutter. And then apparently he has a plus changeup, like a plus plus one. That's apparently his best pitch, so... I hope to see more of that today. Um, and then Christian Javier against the Marlins. I'm going to go after it. I'm hoping that the slider strikes are there. If they're not, we're back to square one uh, with Javier. And the four-seamer wasn't good last time, but that's the skill that we expect to be there every time. So as long as he has like a 60% strike rate on the slider, I think this is going to work out against Miami. And Cal Hendricks is also going. He's a Toby against the White Sox. You go for that one. Questionable start here. You have Flaherty, but it's against the Padres. You have Ashcraft against the Guardians. They don't really strike out and they're good at contact. And I don't really buy that Ashcraft has his cutter fixed. Zach Little against the Giants could be a sneaky win there. Uh, Lucas Giolito against Texas. Oh boy. I don't know if you know if I want to do that one. It's just, I understand if you want to chase it. I uh, I think even like Lucas Giolito and Logan Allen could both be in the do not start tier. Logan Allen is against the Reds. Um, that just doesn't seem fun to me. While Bryce Elder is someone to consider, even though he didn't do well last time, everyone's like, we're done with Bryce Elder. I'm like, well, sinkers are arm side and sliders are glove side. Like, it's a good situation to pitch for Atlanta. You have a good defense in front of you. You have an amazing offense. You have Luis Severino going on the other side of it. Like, I think it's actually a smart play to start Bryce Elder for the win at the very least here. Um, with Giolito, we know what the ceiling is. I actually don't think he's been pitching so poorly and things haven't gone his way. I mean, he faced Atlanta and he allowed three and runs against the Giants. I want more out of that one, but, um, yeah, I can see a path where that won't work. So he's in questionable start, but I, I, in retrospect, I probably want to have Bryce Elder above him. Uh, and the do not start here. You have Josiah Gray against the Red Sox. I just don't think Josiah Gray is that good. John Equita, maybe there's some magic there. Dakota Hudson has a chance for quality start against the Athletics, but no way. Billy Falter could work out. We haven't really seen him flex his muscles yet, though. And you can make a case that he's in the probable start tier, but... Or it's not the problem, sorry, the questionable start tier, Billy Falter. But I just haven't seen him do the good thing yet. So I, I want to see him do it first. It's just that kind of thing where also the ceiling isn't so high. So I'm just not going to do that one for the Pirates against the Mets. On the other side is David Peterson, who's not fully stretched out. And we really haven't seen the big slider come back. And all these are just so bad now. You have Alex Fiedo. Maybe the slider is good and something else. Because he had the slider good last time and it wasn't that good of a start. So, yeah. No thanks. Tuki Desant has some strike at upside against the Cubs. But I don't want to do it. Michael Walker isn't stretched out. And it's a still ill where he's reliant on command, and it's the Padres. Sorry, not the, sorry, it's the Orioles. Like, no thank you. Jordan Lyles, no. <laughs> Adrian Hauser against the Dodgers, no. Ty Bloch has kind of made it work, but it's inside of course against the Diamondbacks, so no. Spencer Watkins is going uh, against the Cardinals, which is really annoying because it was supposed to be Freddie Tarnock, but he hurt his calf. 
And it's so annoying because I was so excited for that start for him. But now it's Watkins on the Athletics against the the Cardinals. I don't have any expectations there. Alex Wood, I think, is going to get opened for by Jacob Junis. So there's an outside chance he steals a win. But I don't want to chase that. This is the Arizona bullpen in cores. And then Severino's underneath that because I feel like that is going to be more detrimental uh, against Atlanta than whatever you do with the Arizona bullpen. Uh, tomorrow's starters. You have Castillo and you have Gossman and you have... Kershaw and Verlander and Snell and Paxton and Maeda, and this is so easy. No one gets like a really tough matchup. I mean, Snell is fifth because of his walk tendencies lately and that it's the the Orioles, but yeah, I'm, I'm still starting all of these guys. Uh, probable starts here. Andrew Abbott did much better last time, but we still recognize that the floor exists and he gets the Guardian, so he's in the probable start here. Aaron Nola has not been consistent for you, but I do love the four-seamer and curveball. I feel like his other pitches just have been overly punished more so than they should be and gets the Jays and the Jays have been beat by fastballs lately I feel like I'm going to do that one uh Jesus Lazardo, I know it's been a valley it's been weird but to just all of a sudden think that Luzardo is stuck down here is just wrong in my view um he also pitched well against the Rangers and it just didn't go his way Houston just got silenced by Braxton Garrett I'm just I'm gonna do this one if I have him. Dean Kramer has a good cutter and the four seamer, if it's upstairs at all, I think can do well against the Padres. Decent win chance. Um Aaron Savali against the Giants is a really good win chance, I think. Uh and uh we haven't really seen him do his best against uh for the Rays as they were limiting his cutter and curveball combination, which is a little annoying. I don't want to see those fastballs, but I, I think we're going to be fine there. Uh, and Charlie Morton and John Gray could arguably be in the questionable start tier. That said, Charlie Morton, good win chance against the Yankees here. Um, he's easy going opposite Randy Vasquez. And you probably get some strikeouts there, so that makes it worthwhile to me, even though the whip and Ray are still kind of weird. And John Gray is encouraging to me because last start, he had better fastballs and his slider still great. And I feel like he's on the upward trend. I'm going to start him against the Angels. Questionable starts here. Matthew Libertor had the best start I've ever seen from him last time out. I don't expect that to return. It's not a peak that is actually a plateau, but it is athletic. So it's a kind of fun situation where I can stream him, take a chance here, and see if it does stick. And the floor is better because it's the athletics. Javier Assad against the White Sox did well against the Jays for seven innings. And what the heck? Why not? I don't really think the skills are that great, but maybe that does work against the White Sox. You want Aviados as cherry bomb as he gets the Mets. Slider's great, fastball's not. And Reese Olsen, he did really well last time out against the Twins. Maybe he can replicate that, but the changeup still isn't there, so it doesn't feel like it's going to actually replicate. In the do not start tier, I think it's Reed Detmers because with Cannon getting starting or relieving yesterday, they need a starter for tomorrow, and Detmers would be on four days rest. So unless they want to actually keep him on seven days rest um, and really keep the whole thing moving forward in the same way, I think it's just going to be Detmers tomorrow, which means it gets the Rangers. And no, we don't want to start that. However, I do recognize there still is that ceiling. That is there for Detmers, but you don't want to trust it right now. And I hope that he shows the skills here to make it so that we want to start him in L.A. hosting the Reds next time out. Mackenzie Gore gets Boston. He's a cherry bomb. Not really something I'm intrigued in. He hasn't been good for the last two months. It's really been the first two months that is over amplifying that strikeout rate and everything for Mackenzie Gore. Mike Clemenger, maybe there's some magic against the Cubs. Blackburn, Paul Blackburn was not good last time and lower win chance with the Athletics, so I don't want to start him against the Cardinals. Ross dribbling against the Rays, ugh, he didn't really do that well last time. It's not really in that groove. Wade Miley gets the Dodgers, maybe there's some magic there, but I don't want to do it. Tyler McGill is not looking good with his secondaries, gets the Pirates, and the four-seamer isn't overwhelming. Uh, and then uh, Austin Gomber against the Diamondbacks. Eight of his last nine starts have been really good. Two in runs or fewer. 
He has five wins in that time, a sub three ERA, about a 120 whip and a 14% strikeout rate. I don't know how long that's going to last, um, but I, it is in cores against the Diamondbacks. It's up to you. I don't want to do that. Alec Marsh against the Mariners. Noah Syndergaard. No Randy Vasquez, as I mentioned, against Atlanta. And Slay Sassoni, I'm guessing tomorrow for the Diamondbacks. Maybe he's in relief today. In cores, no thank you. And by the way, I just got confirmation um, that... Reed Demers is, in fact, starting tomorrow against Texas, as I had guessed. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for your support. But that is all. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bamboos be low and your strikeouts high.